It's Monday, Tet Tammuz, Tavshin Ayin Gimel, the ninth day, the month of Tammuz, 5773. We are coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Davidi, 
off of the album Ruchot Tovot. That was Im Ein Anili Mili. As we open things up here on this edition of the Israel Show, we're here every Monday morning immediately following JM and the M. And I thank Nachum Siegel for the uh, kind words. And uh, wow. You know, Nachum, uh, when, you, when you do that, when you talk about how great the show is, you raise the bar a little way too high, and the expectations get way too high. You've you got you to gotta lower it a little bit. But we appreciate the kind words very much. Um, Nachum had me on uh, Jam and Yam a few minutes ago, talking about Pugi and all the goings-on in Israel. But as I was saying, we are here every Monday morning following Jam in the AM between 9 and 10 Eastern Time, between 4 p.m., and 5 p.m. Israel time, or whenever you want to listen to it, at NachumSiegel.com via the archives. Uh, you can listen to the show and enjoy it, and we thank you so much. We also thank a lot of new Facebook likers and likes that uh, have come in over the past 15 minutes. Thanks to the uh, plug uh, that Nachum just gave it on Jamie in the end. We thank Beth and Ruth Ellen and Kyle and we're up to 92. We were at 89 just about a half an hour ago. We're up to 92 likes, and we thank you all. You can participate live or whenever you want in the show by getting on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. You can comment, send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can also email us, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L dot. Lots of stuff to cover, as Nachum mentioned. Later on in the show, two, two brand new, never before released Pugi selections that were uh, put out by Pugi as part of the box set that is hitting the stores, I believe, today in Israel, um, as Pugi was going to be reuniting, performing live later on in the week. Uh, Bill Clinton. And many, many others are arriving in Israel as we speak to celebrate Shimon Peres's 90th birthday. Uh, Bill Clinton will be speaking later on, and it will be carried live on Ynet. So if you'd like to watch it, Ynet, Y-N-E-T dot C-O dot I-L, will carry that live. And this just in, that the, um, the main event, the main birthday event, in which Barbara Streisand will also be taking part, will, will be broadcast live on Ynet as well, ynet.co.il. Um, so uh, we'll try and post uh, links and times for that when that information becomes available. Um, Ways we spoke about it last week. We actually scooped just a bit. We scooped um, a lot of the international press about the finality of the sale of Waze to Google. 1.3 billion, billion with a B, dollars for that Israeli startup. Um, Lots of questions. So here's one of them. It was estimated that the Israel... Israeli government, the the, uh, coffers of the state of Israel, will be enriched by the tax revenues of the sale. The original estimate was 1 billion shekel will come in from tax revenues. Well, you see, that wasn't really exactly true. They now found out that 78% of Waze shareholders, which are basically venture capital companies, are foreign residents. 
The company's investors include Vertex, which is registered in British Virgin Islands, Blue Run Ventures, which is registered in the U.S., Magma, which is registered in the U.S., and Qualcomm Ventures, which is registered in the U.S., and so forth. And by the way, Microsoft also owns part of Waze. So the Israeli government will not be seeing the kind of windfall profit that they thought they would from the one $1.3 billion sale of Wales on Ways. On the other hand, the uh, people of Ways, the um, technolo- technology, the high-tech geniuses, will be making a lot of money. Um, one, of the, one of the rumors, by the way, and we mentioned it here as well, one of the rumors that had been bandied about was that Ways was offered a lot of money by Facebook and before that by Apple, but they refused those offers because that would have forced them to move their R&D, their research and development centers, from Israel to the American West Coast, to Silicon Valley. Well, according to Globes, which is Israel's uh, Wall Street Journal, if you will, while continuing operations in Israel is a worthy aspiration, no one thinks that that would jeopardize a billion-dollar deal. That's way, way too, uh, um, let's say, um, idealistic. The entrepreneurs would have had to be irrationally arrogant, that's the way they describe it, to torpedo a deal with such an argument which would have prevented foreign investors of Israel, or Israeli investors, for that matter, from providing them the future financing that would have been needed for the company to carry on without being sold. Uh, without substantial revenue, Waze was short of tens of millions of dollars needed to survive independently. So that rumor, it seems, is just a rumor. It sounded nice, right? They didn't want to sell. They gave up, you know, billion dollars that was offered by Facebook because they would have had to move out of Israel. Um, the other question which I really was asking is why is it worth it for Google to spend $1.3 billion to buy what is basically a uh, sort of like a upgraded GPS when they have Google Maps, which is an amazing GPS system on its own? And that's a hard question to uh, answer. Globes tries to answer it. Uh, What can justify the deal, they ask? Google can try and integrate the social network capabilities of Waze with Google's navigation apps. Waze has options to report accidents, police presence, speed cameras, and blocked roads, all things that Google does not have, which is weird because they could probably develop that. Okay, Google may be interested, they continue, in keeping Waze as an independent product and not intervening. In such an instance, it could simply be that Google wants to prevent Facebook from buying Waze. That's another interesting point that if you buy it, your competitor can have it. Interesting. Um, Another point they make is that Google, unlike some of the other companies, Google has sufficient resources. Google is so huge that they have sufficient resources to gamble on things like Waze. Um, but they conclude, if you want to understand the Internet giant's conduct on the basis of past experience, then the comparison that Waze invites in Google's hands is that it is, Waze is, the YouTube of the navigation world. So there's some of the back 
door information, if you will, the, 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 the behind-the-scenes info on the Waze Google deal that we spoke about yesterday, um, last week. Interesting, another statistic that came out, that Israel leads, and it's connected to all connected to the high-tech that Israel is so central to. Israel leads Europe and the U.S. in smartphone use. Can you imagine that per capita Israel has more smartphones than the U.S. or Europe? And that's according to a Google survey published uh, last week. Israelis use the Internet more by smartphone than by computer. They use search engines more. They use more applications. They use maps and update social networks. The viewing of video clips and YouTube is also very, very high. 77% of Israelis who watch um, videos online. It's amazing that Israel surpasses the U.S. and Europe in the use of smartphones. But then again, we know it. Israel really is a very high-tech company, and people in Israel just have to have the latest the latest technology, the latest phone. I remember one of the times I was in Israel, the last couple of times, and I had an older phone, hadn't updated my phone in a few years because I didn't need to. When I came into Cellcom, the phone company, they said, oh, my God, how, do you, how could you have this phone? I said, it works. It's Oh, but it's like two years old. I said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. In Israel, if you don't have the latest phone, it's, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Back to the music. Shlomo Artsy with Tita'aru Lachem. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. פחות עצוב ממשהו ככה, ואנחנו שם הולכים עם שמש בכיסים, ומעל גגות הכוכבים, והזמן עובר בלי פחד, ואני הולך לפגוש אותה בגן העדר. תתארו לכם קצת עושר, כי הוא כל כך כל כך נגיד, עם הגניבה בתוך החושך, ושנינו בשמיכה. היא מלטפת אותי ואומרת לי, מחר יקרה מה שרצית, ואם לאט תשתקפויות של עצב, עצב ושמחה. תתארו לכם באמצע יום יפה, שמיים עליכם, אהבה איתכם, כן, ככה זה קרה. לפתע היא אמרה, אני עוד זוכר אותה, כמו בסערה, תתארו לכם אותי נופל לתוך זרועות תתארו לכם עולם פשוט. חדר ללילה, בית בגשר, ריחות עצים לאים בתות, ושנינו שיכורים. אם ניפרד אני אמות, היא לוחשת וגועשת. תתארו לכם עוד הזדמנות, כן עוד הזדמנות, לחזור פתאום לנעורים. תתארו לכם 
of that song, City of New Orleans, was made famous by John Denver. The Israeli version of that song was made famous by Yehoram Gaon, Shalom Lach Eretz Nehederet, and that version of the song is by a group called Shegetz. That's right. You heard it, Shegetz. And uh, it's a very cool uh, version of the song, a cover of that song. Uh, Our listener, Myron, says that Avi Toledano also recorded that Shalom Lach Eretz Nehederet, and I cannot find it. So if anybody out there knows where it is or can send us uh, information about it, I'd love to get my hands on Avi Toledano, Shalom Lach Eretz Nehederet, so we can play it here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. As was mentioned earlier on JM in the AM, Lahakat Kaveret, that's their official name, but everybody knows them as Pugi, are reuniting their 40th anniversary unification concert, reunification concert, is taking place this uh, Thursday, I believe. Today, Monday, June the 17th, their unprecedented box set of Pugi is hitting the stores in Israel. I believe it's also on iTunes. You could do a search. It's put out by Head Artsy, and it includes six discs and two DVDs, and according to their press release, almost all of the material has never been previously released, which is pretty amazing. Uh, we have some cuts. We have some previews, and we're going to play the first one now. This is a behind-the-scenes look at how Pugi is working on a song. The song is Midinak Tana, written by Danny Sanderson. And um, they were practicing, Pugi was, for a concert in Kibbutz Givar Chaim back in the 70s. And this was recorded by an open mic the group working on the song Medinak Tana. And so this cut is called Medinak Tana Ba'avoda, meaning in the works, off of the brand new DVD set that is hitting the store now. You're going to hear it exclusively on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day and tuning in to the Nachum Siegel Network.
Back some 40 years. That's the way the practice session of Pugi sounded as they were working on the song Midinak Tana. Mayor Weingarten, here with you on the Israel Show. We're broadcast on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're live every Monday following JM in the AM, but you can listen to us whenever you like on the stream at NachumSiegel.com. Going to get to the uh, Meir Milim segment in a few minutes, but um, great article that I saw discusses the six Israeli startups to watch now that Google has bought Waze. So what are the next Israeli high-tech computer companies that you should keep your eye on? for a future buyout. And by the way, when a big, huge company comes and buys out an Israeli high-tech firm, uh, it is known in Hebrew, and excuse me for calling it Hebrew, but this is what they call it in Israel, as an exit. Oh, Google Kanut ways. Wow, Hemasu exit gadol. That's that's what it's called. Wasa exit. Um, the minister, Naftali Bennett, Asa exit a few years ago and decided that he was set for life and would go into politics and serve his country and his people. Who Asa exit? That's what they call it in Israel. So I'll I'll talk about two of the six Israeli startups that are on the list and I'll post the entire list and the article 
uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. One is called Wix. actually saw an ad for it on American television just a little while ago. Wix is wix.com, and it is a uh, online uh, place for you to create your own website in a very, very easy way. It's free. It's a free website publishing platform which employs a drag-and-drop editor that Internet experts and novices alike can operate. That's the beauty of it. You don't need to know a lot. You just drag-and-drop, and you can create your own website, and it's free. Right now, how many users do they have? How many people have set up websites on Wix.com, W-I-X? 34 million users have created an online presence through this freemium, that's what they call it, freemium web publishing platform. Holy cow. That's pretty amazing. That's one. The other one that I found amazing is called Parco. P-A-R-K-O. That Wix is Wix.com. Parco is parco.co.il. And here's the idea behind it. You're looking for a parking spot in a crowded urban area, like in Tel Aviv, like in New York. Somebody knows that they're about to pull out from a parking spot. So they go into Parco, and they say, I'm about to pull out from a spot right here, you know, on this street and that street. You are looking for a spot around that area, and Parco connects you so that you know exactly where the spot is, you go over to that spot and you grab the spot as the person's pulling out. That is amazing. Now, what would push people, what's the incentive for someone other than just the goodness of your heart and trying to help another driver who's frustratedly looking for parking? Well, every time you advise Parco that you're pulling out of a spot, you get points, which you can then later use to buy stuff, to the cash prizes, all kinds of things that you get. So there is a component, a selfish component to it, but there's also really, I don't know how, much that, how big that component is, but there's a really beautiful social networking component to it where um, you connect the person who's pulling out of a spot with a person who needs this spot. And it's called Parco. I don't know that it works in America yet. I know that it works in Tel Aviv. That's where the pilot was launched three months ago. Actually, it doesn't work in New York yet, but that would be amazing. Just imagine that. Um, How many people have downloaded it in Tel Aviv so far? 65,000 users have downloaded it in Tel Aviv. Right now, the company is in talks with a number of potential partners, including the city of Paris and some private American firms. Of course, they can't wait for somebody to buy them out. Um, We're posting that very soon on on our Facebook page. Uh, uh, The original article appeared in a magazine called Fast Company, company fastcompany.com. We'll post the link to the article itself and the links to the six companies, the six Israeli startups that you should keep your eye out for. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. In our Meir Milim segment, we shed light on a word or phrase in the Hebrew language. Meir Milim is inspired by the Galit Sahal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. And we send a special Mazel Tov wish 
to Dr. Lior Gottlieb, who officially got his doctorate yesterday in a ceremony at Hebrew U. Mazal tov to you. Here is this week's installment of the Mid-Year Milim segment. Pamachat, once, pamayim, two times. Vizamin hadam, sheva peamim. The Kohen sprinkled the blood seven peamim, seven times. Pam. It seems like one of the simplest Hebrew words, right? Pam times, an instance, an occurrence. But then we hear Mordechai ben David in his Yiddish song, Ezehu Mikoman Shel Zvachim, quoting a pasuk in Shir Hashirim. He quotes the pasuk in Hebrew, being that the Tanakh wasn't actually written in Yiddish. As the woman, the Shulamit, dances toward her dode, her loved one, he says, Ma Yafu, how nice are Peamaich, your, the woman's, Paams, Banealim, clothed or covered in Naalaim, in your shoes. If pa'am means instance or time, we seem to be running into trouble because we don't usually put those into shoes. And there are many other unsung psukim from which we get the notion that pa'am has something to do with feet and walking. So let's try and figure out once and for all, once and for all, what's going on with the word pa'am. The most basic meaning of the word is not an instance, but, rather surprisingly, to strike, to hit something, to thrust. How do we ring a bell? We hit the outside part, the shell of the bell, with the clapper, the tongue that is inside the bell. We thrust it and strike the bell, creating the ringing sound. And that's why the bell is called a pa'amon, because we strike it. But we still haven't answered the connection of pa'am to feet. Remember, ma'yafu pa'amayich pa'ne'elim? Okay, here we go. In the song of victory that the prophetess Devorah publicly sings, known as Shirat Devorah, the Haftarah of Parshat B'Shalach, Devorah describes the sad scene where the defeated general Sisra's mother waits by the window for her son to come home in glory. We, of course, know by now, but she doesn't. He ain't coming home no more. As she sobs, she asks, Why is his chariot delayed? Why are the pa'ams of his chariot late? Hoofbeats are the sound of the horse's feet hitting the ground, striking the stone or the dirt. Over time, this resulted in the word pa'am expanding, taking on another meaning, from a general hitting to now be specifically the striking of one's feet on the ground, or more specifically, the footsteps of humans, the hoofbeats, of the horses. Madua Echeru 
Pa'amei Markivotav asks Sisra's mother, Why don't I hear the hoofbeats of his chariots? Listen to the hoofbeats. They create a rhythm, a beat. Each time the foot hits the ground is a beat. And so the word pa'am expands once more, this time to mean a beat. When you strike or hit a drum, we say you're beating the drum. Our hearts also beat. And in such a rhythmic beat, each stroke, each striking of the drum or beat of the heart is one occurrence, is a pa'am. And from here we get the meaning that we all know. Pa'am achat, one beat, one stroke, one time. By the way, in English the word beat also means to hit or strike, to beat someone. Just like in Hebrew, where the pa'am means strike, but also means an occurrence or beat. So now, pa'am means to strike or hit, it means beat, as in rhythmic beats, it means times or occurrences, and also footsteps. And if pa'am is footsteps because they hit the road, it didn't take much for the meaning to expand a little further to be the actual foot. That's right, pa'am is a synonym for regel. Regel and pa'am are interchangeable. Pa'am equals regel, regel equals pa'am. Because the feet hit the ground, they strike the floor. And it's very easy to prove this. The Torah tells us that we should go to Jerusalem three times a year. It tells it to us in five places. In four of the five places, the Torah uses the phrase shalosh pe'amim. For example, shalosh pe'amim bashana yera echol zechuchat pnei Hashem elokecha b'amakom asher yivchar. But one time, only once, the Torah changes the text, switching out the word pe'amim with the word, yep, regel. Shalosh regalim tachogli bashana. Shalosh regalim simply means shalosh pe'amim, three times. Pa'am and regel, they're the same. But from that, the word regel, which we usually think of simply as a foot, has come to denote a holiday. And therefore the phrase shalosh regalim is usually understood not as three times, but as three festivals. Those who pilgrimage to Yerushalayim on one of the pa'amim are called ole regel. They ascend to Yerushalayim for the regel, the holiday. Maybe... I'm not sure, but maybe the phrase Ole Regel is a play on words. They come on foot, they come for the Regel. And now that we know that Pa'am and Regel are interchangeable, we understand the Pasuk that we started with. Ma Yafu Pe'amayich Bane'alim. How beautiful are your feet, clothed as they are in your shoes. We started this discussion last time, when we explored the word miragel, which comes from regel, to walk around and reconnaissance. Regel brought us to pa'am, hits, strikes, to pa'amon, we strike the bell, pa'amim, the footsteps, po'em, beats, pa'am, an instance of an occurrence, and finally, to pa'am being a synonym for the word regel, which brings us right back to where we started this journey, 
one step at a time. And that's this week's edition of the Meir Milim segment. I'm Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Eti Ankui with Odelia Berlin, Kochve Boker, also known as Baron Yachad, a well-known Breslov nigun, done in a new style. Really beautiful. Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Last week, the Jewish people lost Rav Yehoshua Neuvert. He was 86 years old when he passed away. You may be familiar with his name, but you are probably more familiar with the name of his book, Shmirat Shabbat Kihil Chata, which has become probably one of the most popular go-to books when you have a question about Shabbat. What's Mutar? What's Asur? Uh, this past Shabbat, Sivan Rahav Meir, in her article in Yidiot Achronot, which we've quoted from many times before, points out something that I wasn't familiar with. I did not realize that Rav Neuvert dedicated his book to the memory of his brothers who were killed in the Holocaust. Rav Neuvert himself is a Holocaust survivor. He hid in Holland during the Holocaust, and in order to save himself from the Nazis, he had to board a ship on Shabbat something that in normal circumstances would have been Chilul Shabbat. And yet, in this case, where it is Pikuach Nefesh, he did sort of save his life, would not be considered Chilul Shabbat at all. Still, he felt later in his life guilty about the Chilul Shabbat, and as a result, he decided that he would do something to preserve Shabbat. And that something ended up being this most popular halachic work, Shmirat Shabbat Kel Chata, which was translated into 12 languages and printed in millions and millions of copies around the world. What an interesting story, the backstory about the book Shmirat Shabbat Kel Chata. Well, we, uh, we're going to segue, <laughs> not elegantly, from that to the Pugi. We, we promised you two Pugi selections, two new Pugi selections, two never-before-heard never Pugi selections. So this is the second one. It's um, called Hikol Kach Yafa Girsat Gidi. And again, it's a behind-the-scenes recording, uh, an open mic that was uh, picking up Gidi Gov, as he was um, fiddling around and playing the song, the song that Danny Sanderson composed, he Kolkach Yafa. And uh, this is the Gidi Gov, never before heard edition, debuting here, world exclusive, on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show. One, two, three, four. Thank you. 
Giddy Gove giving it a shot with Hikol Kach uh, Eventually, after they spoke it over, they decided that Ephraim Shamir should be the one who sings that song. But uh, this was, uh, I guess, Giddy Gove's proba, if you will, his trial, <laughs> trying out uh, to be the soloist on Hikol Kach you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Um, one last thing that we promised to talk about. We're going to still get it in today. So the chief rabbinate in Israel is uh, very busy right now, um, I would say embroiled in controversy regarding the upcoming elections of the new chief rabbis. The uh, term of the chief rabbi is limited to 10 years. And um, then there are elections for a new chief rabbi. And there's insane politics, unfortunately, around the election of a new chief rabbi. But the Kashrut division of the chief rabbinate last week came out with a new set of regulations in order that 
you should be able to know the difference between a milchik bureka and a parva bureka. Now, it's hard to imagine why you would need that. In fact, Ravad Yosef many years ago um, decided in, in one of his halachic decisions that bread, milchik bread, needs to look different because it would be misleading, but not so berekas because you could just either ask the guy who's selling him or, or you could just, like, crack it open and take a peek and see if it's cheese or potato. But the Rabbanut, I don't know, maybe they were bored, I'm not really sure, but they decided that all the companies that produce barekas in Israel have to now follow the following rules. All parva barekas have to be square or rectangular. All milchik barekas have to be triangular. Now, that's not it. There's more. Rogalach and croissants, that's right, croissants, parvuk ones, need to be straight, meaning rectangular, I guess. But milchik croissants, like a butter croissant, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, or a chocolate rogala, which has milk chocolate in it, they cannot be rectangular. Oh, no, they have to be in the shape of a crescent, you know, like a moon. In Hebrew, it's called Sahar. So now you know when you're in Israel, you'll know to, you'll know to tell the difference between all the different kinds of barekas and rogalachs and croissants and hopefully eat the right ones. Although, quite frankly, while they're very delicious, they're extremely fattening. And we're going to close out this edition of The Israel Show with Yonatan Razel and his hit song Katonti off of his latest album, Ben Hatzlilim. Thank you all so much for listening, wherever you are around the world. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments as we today exceeded the 90 mark. We're at 92 likes on our Facebook page. Thank you all for your participation. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and as always, my very special thanks to Nachum Siegel. Stay tuned this entire day to the Nachum Siegel Network for a great Music Monday mix. Until next Monday, following JM and AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
I'm 